Amen. Great service, great worship. Thank you for participating so wholeheartedly. Um, very good uh, comments, communion, Kurt. Wow, really, really good. Just bless me every time. Okay. Um, I have been sharing <clears throat> about all that is in Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord fell on him, uh, was a, would be upon him, was a prophecy in Isaiah 11. And then the description of what all would be on him. And um, we can learn about Jesus and learn about the power, what was in him and who he was. But there is a, we, we must make a connection. The Lord wants us to make a connection. I began to look for the language that connected us to him so that that was solid. I'd I, I just been concerned about my own belief system, faith, and then others around me. Are we really, ta- are we really connected? Like, are we, are we still striving? And how do you get what was on him, and what does the scripture say about it? So um, you can, uh, let me just read um, some description about the spirit that was on him in his Isaiah, because it just, it just keeps wetting my um, appetite for this um, and awareness, if I can find in my notes where that is. And um, Using some of the notes out of Brian Simmons, uh, the Passion Translation in Isaiah, for Isaiah. The spirit of, of Yahweh will rest upon him. It means the spirit of prophecy was on him. And, uh, and so we're not just talking about prophets, but part of the nature of Christ in us and us being connected is that there is a, uh, uh, an attribute of once we're in union with him of declaring and speaking forth the heart of God. That's, that's a, good, uh, a good general way to say that should just be a part of our language. That should be our everyday language, how we're, that we're declaring the heart of God over people, over situations. And uh, if we don't guard that, we fall into declaring what we see and feel and smell and et cetera, right? And um, to realize that the spirit of prophecy, it was on Jesus, so we're connected to him. It should be flowing in us so that we go through our day, through our household. Let's get as practical as we can through our household, through our place of work, in the car, wherever we are, that there is a, a spirit of declaration on us, of declaring what's in heaven, on us and around us. So if, if that's not going on, don't be condemned. Just realize that's what, is supposed, that's what you're supposed to look like. And you will be an atmosphere changer just because of that. Just because you step into a room and declare the heart of God for something. So no, no longer, and this went on in Isaiah, in the next, the, we won't, I won't get to those verses, but right after that in in this same passage that he would not judge with his eyes 
that he wouldn't judge just by how things looked, but that he would judge with discernment and that he would, he would rule that way with righteous discernment. The spirit of extraordinary wisdom would be on him, the spirit of skillfulness, which included equipping ability for music, art, business, writing, creativity, and wisdom for um, judicial, judicial decisions. And so this is all in the package. So I hope it stretches your awareness of what is to be accessible to us. If it's not there, don't check out. Don't assume it's just on this person and that person, and it's easy to do, isn't it? Like, well, they, they're just good at this, or they just have... This is in Christ, and we have access to draw on this. And the truth is, we need it in our everyday life. We need it in all of our functioning. The spirit of perfect understanding, spirit of intelligent insight. Yeah, baby, I could use some of that. To know the meaning of riddles, to decipher parables and allegories. For example, Daniel, he, he did that. The spirit of wise strategy, the spirit of guidance, counsel, advice, purpose. We, we pay money for this. Yeah? We're looking for this all the time. It's why we're on the phone all the time. We're talking about our problems. Hopefully... You're not just complaining, you wouldn't do that. You're looking for counsel. You're looking for advice. Then somebody has some and you're like, oh, no, no, I don't want to hear that, you know. But, but the, the real, it, it makes all the difference. In, in you can talk about problems, here, but ask yourself this question, do you want answers? Because if you don't want the answer, you don't want the solution, you don't want to see what there is to change, then you're just complaining. And that will destroy your life and everyone around. It will pull everything down. We don't want to be, we're not called to be those people. We're not to be like that. If that was strong in your family tree, like, break it. Don't, don't use excuses. Well, that's how my family always is. Or, we, you know, that's where I came from. Or blah, blah, blah. Just... Stop with the excuses. Don't allow anything to block you from moving on and accessing this. It's exciting. It changes, it changes everything in life into an excitement. Like, I have access to answers. And you reach out and you, you reach for this in the spirit. And we'll look at how you to, you're to receive this. Counsel, advice, purpose for steering on a ship... Um, the steering or guiding of a ship. This imparts wisdom and counsel for leadership. This is the, this is the real substance and stuff of leadership. And many of you are in leadership positions in one form or another. If you're watching the grandkids, you're in leadership, okay? If, whatever you're doing, if you're at work and you're, you're responsible for something, their leadership shows up. And when you function in true leadership, people take notice and peace comes. You'll have answers for things. You'll have direction. There's, a, there's an anointing for that. Jesus had that anointing. We can tap into that. The spirit of mighty power, the spirit of a mighty warrior. The, the uh, disciples were told to wait at Jerusalem. What for? For power. They weren't to go out just to be slaughtered. 
They weren't to, be, to go out to be sacrificed. They were to go out to have an effect, and they were to wait for power. And they were convinced they had it. It's like dealing with our children or our little ones. And they think they're ready for everything, right? I can drive. Yeah, but you're only three and a half. So wait, wait, and wait for power. And power is part of this, the spirit of might. Spirit of revelation or knowledge, not knowledge that is learned from books or study, but knowledge which that all has its place, but knowledge that comes from experiencing intimacy with God. Bob Jones, to the day he died, still looked, he still talked like someone from the Ozarks that was totally uneducated. If you know, if you ever heard him talk, you'd know what I'm talking about. Simple, he would sing, and you'd be like, oh my God, don't, yeah. It was like a child getting and, and singing that has no concept of music or whatever. He like, but he would sing these songs in the spirit, and they had power. And they were, you don't want to, you wouldn't want to make a recording of it and try to sell it. Like, it was like, but it was spirit. By the way, did you see this example of dancing and worship on the song Holy? Like, real, honestly, like adults that were from Africa or something, they would have been right in on that. Like, yeah. You were like, oh, no, this is a, this is a slow worship song. You don't, you know, movement isn't appropriate, you know. Was it Ryder and Lincoln were up here? They're like, nah, 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 you know? <clears throat> yeah. Well, it was good. It was, I, was, I had to stop watching them. <laughs> I had to stay focused. The spirit of the fear of the Lord of, of Yahweh, absolute loyalty to God. Great, isn't that a great... It was, I, when he wrote this and I went, oh, wow. I've always been intrigued with the spirit, the, having the fear of the Lord. And I've always struggled with having good language for it because it's not a negative thing. So how do you have good language for the fear of the Lord, and it's not a negative thing. And, and this, is, this is good. Absolute loyalty. The fear of the Lord is absolute loyalty to the Lord. That, I like that definition a lot. I, I like summing it up that way. He will shine forth with the reverence of the Lord. That was Jesus. And all that he did, he shined forth with the reverence of his Father, didn't he? Like, really, he really did. He really did. So, <clears throat> I've been looking at Ephesians with Went into Ephesians 1 some. And, uh, oh, I wanted to do something. Try to practice, put this into practice. Um, Derek Prince would do this before he taught, which he was such a, a great teacher. <clears throat> and, and Jeannie asked for that book. Um, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I think we have a copy. And I read it and pulled it out. I'm like, I should be reading this. Like, you know, and it talks about proclamations, declarations. And great little book. What's the name of the book, Jeannie? Prayer, yeah, prayers and proclamations. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, really good stuff. And so him and his wife, when he would teach, he would read um, a scripture of declaration before he would teach. Because, and, and I've been returning to this, the real power of anything that I do when I preach is that is the word. That's the power. It's not about me being witty or smart or having it all together. And often I'm like, oh, I should have done a better job with that and had my act together, et cetera, et cetera. But the real anointing, it's the word, and it's about declaring the word. The word is what actually has power to change you. Yeah. I can do perfectly and have a great performance. Well, 
probably not I, but anyways, <laughs> I can wish that I could do better. And that's not what really impacts us. That's not what changes lives. It's the power of the word. And when you speak the power of the word in faith and we, we read it and declare it and preach out of it as pure as we can, that's what changes lives. And so he would often read this. I love this passage. It's Isaiah 55. So I'll read it as a declaration. As the snow and rain that fall from heaven do not return until they have accomplished their purpose, soaking the earth and causing it to sprout with new life, providing seed to sow and bread to eat, so also will be the words that I speak. It does not return to me unfulfilled, my words perform my purpose and fulfill the mission I sent it out to accomplish. Amen. Yeah. So that's my confidence today. Let's look in um, Ephesians chapter 3. Um, and let me just make a notation of uh, Ephesians 1 where we saw, and it's a scripture we use in prayer. It's an apostolic prayer in Ephesians 1. <clears throat> And uh, the apostle begins in verse 17, 117, very familiar, like three, three verses here or so in, house, in prayer sessions. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and of understanding. And then there's, you know, there's, there are different things. And, and I, we have to ask the question, how do you actually get this? It is imparted to you. Can't work for this. And we're like, oh, I need some of that. I got to do something. And it's actually about receiving. And the Lord's the one that imparts to us his spirit. So when you understand that, then again, stop, you stop looking to yourself for the ability to get it. That's huge. That's a huge stumbling block. I've got to work harder. I've got to get myself in the right position. I've got to do this, got to do that, whatever. Now, if you're in sin and the Spirit tells you to straighten up, reduce, then yeah, make the change, I, you know, by all means. But when you're just, you're walking, like, beware of working harder at things. Kevin and I were just having this conversation, interesting, this morning. We've got to guard over our diligence and our stewardship and doing all these other things and and be sure that we stay in the spirit and we put him first and that our confidence and our trust in in receiving from the lord is him giving him imparting to us so you you do the things uh it you apply your faith but it's about believing and just in receiving it so let's begin in verse in chapter three I will keep my eye on the clock. I don't want to go too long. Um, wow, I ran into all kinds of really good stuff. And uh, the beginning of chapter 2 in Ephesians, he's like filled with the fullness. Like, how full can you get of the Lord? Like, yeah, what's fullness? What's fullness look like? Anybody? Is anybody totally full right up to here and running over yet? I mean, sometimes when the anointing hits, you're like, I'm full. Like, I'm dripping. I'm leaking. I'm, yeah, I'm all over the place, you know? But often we're like, you know, the, the old gas gauge is low or down to a quarter of a tank or less, you know. And uh, so you're, you, you can feel that in yourself. You're running on fumes. You're, you're not getting filled. You're, you're depleted because you leak, and that's a, not a bad thing. It's just that this thing is a constant, 
And then as I studied this, I went, oh my, there are, there's more grace to receive. So again, I think another really bad mistake that Christians make and teachers teach is that here, get this and you, you're good, you got it. It's like, oh, but there's more. Well, I have this experience and that experience and I've been here and I've been to that mountaintop and I've been to that mountaintop. Yeah, but, but there's more. But I've been to this valley and I've been here and there and up and down, da, da, but there's more. There's always more until the point of full salvation. And we'll look at that in verse, well, probably won't get to it, but First Peter talks about when the revealing of Jesus will we'll receive something that's called full salvation. And I re-looked it. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's, a whole no- that's another level of this thing. So if you think, like just to keep you from being bored, you haven't had touched anything yet. There is so much more. I can say that to every one of you and not out of a spirit of condemnation, but there's more. There's more, there's more, there's more, there's more anointing, there's more grace. And this is all grace that comes on us. This is grace given. These are, it's gifts given by his grace. And there are levels of it and degrees of it. And we're to be growing in this continually. That's, that, get refocused. This is the, needs to be the occupation of my life. That I'm growing in this that I dig a well, that I establish my secret place so that there's, there's a flow, that I'm not just busy with life, but that there's a place where I'm getting refreshed and refilled. You cannot live without it. We all try. It doesn't go very well. Pretty soon, you're as flat as a tire. And so there's more, and there's a tap into that and guard over this. This is precious was talking with someone on the phone yesterday, like, and I, I remember kept, I kept, I felt it and said it several times, guard over your heart with all diligence in your doing and your ministry and your what you, guard over your heart, can't afford to lose. If you're busy in the ministry and you lose your heart, you're in trouble. If you're wiped out, if you're, you know, get, you're exhausted and you're still run, it's not a good thing. No, no awards for this for running out of gas on the highway, okay? Like Jesus, like, oh, you poor little thing, poor little car, you ran out of gas on, you know, like, like I told you not to do that. <laughs> like, it's not a good thing. Someone has to come and rescue you now. So we want fullness. We want to tap into this. And I, I hope I just can, through the word, just stir you up to this. Let's start in... in um, Chapter 3, I'll, I'll hit a couple verses early, and um, I think it was in one of my uh, comfort texts this week, and by the way, if you would like the comfort texts to go out five days a week, um, give me your number or give Lacey your number, and uh, I, I get these out to the girls, and Summer sends it out to Instagram and, um, <clears throat> and maybe on Facebook, and then Lacey puts out a, a text that just comes to you free of charge that it's every... Uh, a scripture or two, and some thoughts, some pastor thoughts, okay? Pastor Rick. And I believe I used this um, in chapter 3, verse 6. Here's the secret 
the gospel of grace has made you non-Jewish believers. Yep, we qualify. <laughs> We're on that outside. This mattered to these people hearing this. Like, are we included in this? Are we really included? It needed to be established. This needs, I've had times where I need to get this reestablished. Do I, am I really in? Like, yes, you are. Get that settled. Yes, it's everything that's available to God's people is available to you. You can read the prophets and, uh, and claim it because through Christ you're in. It, apply, it does apply to you. The gospel of grace uh, has, has made you, non-Jewish believers, into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him. There's that language, your union with him. You're through your union with him, through your union with him. So this isn't performance. This is about status. Through faith, you're joined with him. And you have now become members of his body, one with the anointed one. Settled. Done. Okay? Jumping down a few verses. Let me find the number. They're so small in this. That's, I guess it's seven through eight, halfway down. Well, I'll just read the whole thing. I have been made a messenger I'm starting in verse 7, of this wonderful news by the gift of grace that works through me, even though I am the least significant of all his holy believers, this grace gift was imparted when the manifestation of his power came upon me. Grace alone empowers me so that I can boldly preach this wonderful message to non-Jewish people, sharing with them the unfading, inexhaustible riches of Christ, which are beyond comprehension. Earlier in the chapter, he's talking about this mystery. It was given to him to reveal this mystery that this was the generation, this was the release. Reading it and rereading it, I, I, I was reawakened to this point that this was a new release. Now, we know what that's like in our culture, a new news release, a new, you know, something gets released or a movie gets released. We wait for the release of something brand new, you know, and or you have full access to something. It's a, it's new. It's a new message. And he comes out and he's he's saying this. This is the time, and I'm releasing something that's new. It's so new that we're going to teach angels about this. Now that's might go sideways in your mind, but Paul specifically says that. How, in the Lord's name, do we have something that we have to teach them about? I hope I can stir you up to get reinterested in what we have. Like, look at it again. This is a big deal. In verse 9, my passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. It was hidden for ages past until now and kept a secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. Verse 10, the purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders 
in the heavenly realm, God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. That's some heavy stuff. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ so that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. A person that is totally confident acts differently. When you know that you know who you are, you're, you're living in your father's house. You own the refrigerator. You, you know, you own things. You can walk in the door and this is my house. This is my, I belong here. And if you're threatened by someone, you're like, I'll go get my dad. He's bigger than your dad. Like a little kid can have a whole lot of, you know, you're the dad going, mm, don't put me in that position, you know. But when they, when they live in that and they believe in you, then you're the best, you're the greatest. Well, that, that is what we have in the Lord. That's what we should be confident to the point of being obnoxious. I mean, Phyllis has been really going after this and, you know, getting us all to shout and, you know, act like we own things. And we're like, mm, mm. our flesh is like, Phyllis, go away. Don't, don't do that. I'm not ready for that. You should live with her. <laughs> I wake up early, but it takes, that's a great thing because it takes me a long time like uh, to get, you know, my personality. It's still in bed. Like it takes a while for it to get up and you know, different things. And, you know, she's like up and boom, boom, you know, but it's a good thing because when we, we release that praise and we release that exaltation, release that sound from us, it breaks things. I don't know what we think is going to break it. Maybe we say, uh, if I take a bath in this heaviness, I'll be better at the end of the day. I doubt it. So life happens. It comes on you. It, it, is, it is difficult. But this is an answer, and we embrace if we can take... We're going to be growing this for the rest of our lives, so it doesn't matter how long you've been at it. Every little bit that we accomplish, we keep, we're getting better. We're growing. We're, we're getting closer. We're getting more because there's more to get. Until we hit fullness, Jesus will be revealed. Boom. Okay? Exciting stuff. Our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. No matter what gets thrown at you, you have con Oh, but God's faithful. He's good. He'll see us out of this. Life can throw some difficult things, some things that just make you like, I'm depressed. You know, like that, wow. That's bad, you know. But... The complete confidence in his faithfulness is, but he'll see me through it. He's going to make a way. He'll change this. He'll deliver me. It, I've, I've got the experience. It doesn't help to blame yourself, even if you're right. It doesn't help. 
I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed. I, you know, I did this wrong, I did that wrong. It's like, yeah, whatever, put it away. It doesn't matter. This is part of the mystery that the angels go, huh? They totally screwed up their life and Jesus is giving them forget. Like, what? Huh? We can't get away with that stuff. This is the truth. They don't have what we have. They don't have, they don't have this access to mercy that we do. And they watch and they're like, what is this new thing? These despicable people? We told them, we told them, we told them, we guarded them, we guided them, we've intervened for them. They still, they still sinned, they still screwed up their life. And Jesus comes along and goes, forgiven. Start over, start fresh, new day, second start. Second being, new beginning, second chance. They're scratching their heads. They, you know, they look at that like, what did you do? How did, who are, what is this new, this new thing, this new mystery? Jumping down to verse 16, I pray, let me, let me jump over to 1 Peter, because <clears throat> it seals this thing about the angels. In 1 Peter, Verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. And it is right here. God revealed to the prophets that their ministry was not for their own benefit, but for ours. And now you have heard these things from the evangelists who preached the gospel to you through the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven the gospel containing wonderful mysteries that even the angels long to get a glimpse of. So, if angels have wonderment about something you have, I think something you have you should pay attention to. It's like having this antique sitting in your house, and you're like, oh, that old thing, and someone comes along and lets you know it's worth $250,000. Like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I might take a little bit better care of that. I might watch over that a little more. I might treasure that. <laughs> it's like that. This thing that we've received, some of us, we were very young when we did. No, no clue what it cost the Father to give, us to give it to us. No clue what it meant. We've been learning that since we've grown. And the Lord's like, I want to give this. Let me read notes from Brian Simmons. I wrote them out so they'd be a little bigger. Uh, it, is, it, was, it is a commentation on this, um, this verse. Heavenly angels are fascinated with God's mercy shown towards us. His wise plan of making forever former rebels into lovers has mystified the angelic realm. The church is the university of angels and every believer a professor. I know, like, isn't that strong language? Brian, take it easy. You're, you're, you're being reckless, radical about describing this. Angels long to peer into the mysteries of God's grace, which have been lavished upon us. That's why we can teach it because when we get the revelation of what we have, we're like, yeah, it's true. 
I once was lost, I'm found. I once failed in every way, now I've got grace. I've been forgiven. How much should we be fascinated, and here's a phrase, wow. Explorers of the mercy of God. I invite you. Let's start a club. Explorers of the mercy of God. Isn't that a great name for a club? Who are we as a church? Oh, we're explorers of the mercies of God. We boast in nothing except we're looking. We are seeking treasure. We have dirt under our fingernails. We're bruised and bumped and lame and all those things. But we're, we're exploring the mercy of God. It's a great occupation. I wonder what we'll find. We'll really go looking for that and look through the lens of the mercies of God and where all it is and how it shows up. Maybe some of the things we're ready to go check, you know. We're like, oh, I think I see the mercy of God at work. Oh, I think this is a place where the mercy of God is supposed to come. Yeah. Yeah. I need to hear this. Preach to myself. <laughs> Preach to yourself, Rick. My confidence is in the power of the word as I relate it to you. Verse 16, and I'll just close here so I don't go too long. I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory. I'm back in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. That's some radical language. If we could just have eyes to see and ears to hear just, just the description here. The dullness kind of keeps, keeps us separated from the reality. Let me read one more time. I pray that he would unveil within you. This is another work of the Holy Spirit to unveil within you the unlimited reaches, riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Now, God's either a liar or this is the best deal on earth. I, I need this. I need this strength. The weariness has set in. Rigor mortis has set in. Like, you know? I, I, have you ever experienced that? Like, I am fighting this myself, like this weariness of soul sets in. You've gone through this, you've gone through that, you're battling this, you're battling that, and, and you, you get to this place where, oh, I'm, I'm tired. There's, there's a weariness here. And, and this is a promise that supernatural pow power, strength, will flood my innermost being with his divine might and explosive power, and it's not negated just because I'm a certain age. I'm not disqualified because I'm older than 16, 21, 27. I don't think my dad ever grew past 27, 25, something like that. 
How old are you? He'd always say that. Like, right, yeah. He never did confess his age. I never, as, you know, after he got to that point, which, you know, it might have been a good plan. Why do we make that confession? What's your age? I'm feeling about 25. Yeah? That's my declaration. 30. Now, I, now I'll go with a 30 because at 25, I was still obnoxious. Like, yeah, when the gray started really setting in, like later, like I'll go with one of those years. It was much better. I don't want to go back too far. And his divine might and his explosive power. I have told you the truth today. I have related the truth of the word. This is true. Let every man be found a liar that says this isn't true. This is true. Whether you've experienced it or not, this is the truth. There's more. There's more grace to receive. There's fresh mercy to receive today. His, his mercies are new every morning. Wake up in the morning and get yourself a little reset. I think, um, was it Staples or some, you know, they have, they have the easy button, that little red button, you know? Maybe I'll, we all need to buy one of those, put, you know, mercy on it, and we get up in the morning and on the nightstand and go, click! New mercies, reset, all that I need. It's, it's a new day. Yesterday's gone. Today's new. I want, I want empowered. I want flooded with strength, my innermost being. Yeah? Father, in Jesus' name, your word is true. I ask that you would stir us up and give us a hunger to discover these riches, to get infatuated with your provision and stop looking at our strength and looking at our failures and look at, looking at our own abilities and just rest in the grace of God to be supernatural, to have the Spirit on us and be, to be connected through our union with Jesus with the Spirit that was on Him, the Spirit of Yahweh that fell on Him, that came on Him. More, Lord. More, Lord. However these impartations will come to us while we're at play, while we're at work, while we're in worship, while we're in prayer, while we sleep, while we awake. But grant us, impart to us, spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, spirit of might. All that you had, Jesus, we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be here all week. If you ever feel so inclined, our our Monday night prayer meetings have been have been really neat. It's real sincere, simple, but um, yeah. If we show up, the Lord's Lord's showing up. So. It's one of several things. Phyllis's class is on Tuesday. It's really good. And so, yeah. Hey, God bless all of you. Love each other. Minister to each other. Follow the Spirit this week.